Healthy competition is the backbone of innovation. Whether it be RC Cola versus Jolt, Little Caesars versus Papa Murphy's, Skechers versus Uggs, it's clear that most industries can only handle two major competitors. My favorite example of this is, of course, Nikola Tesla and Tomas Edison. These two titans literally pioneered our modern electrical system. Their rivalry spanned decades and pushed both men to innovations not yet previously dreamed. When Edison electrocuted an elephant to death to prove the power of his system, Tesla struck back by dying a virgin. It's hard to say where we'd be without their competition. But when does it go too far? When does competition turn dangerous? Brian Lind, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast, was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, when he went missing. All right, and welcome back to the show. My name is Clark McCarthy, and I'm sitting here with Owen Ingmar. How, how's your week been, Owen? It's been an okay uh, week. I'm still hunkered down in that FBI agent's basement, and I'm leasing out the space for Stone Age, the anti-marijuana pro sort of... Uh, I guess anti-technology pro print publication by those two teenagers. Not a lot of updates uh, regarding that. I'm renting them out the space, but I also have really grown to appreciate the publication. So I've bought a subscription. So I'm now back at zero. So I'm not bringing in any money. So I, I'm back to square one. Uh, so I'm looking for some income streams. Uh, just putting that out there for you or our listeners. Um, I'm a decent barber, subpar sharpshooter, and will do full frontal nudity um, for primarily film, but wouldn't uh, wouldn't turn my nose up to calendars, those pens that you turn upside down and the model's clothes come off. Anything, really. I'd like to get the FBI agent a gift. His birthday is coming up, so I'm trying to save up for that. That's great. I know back in college, you used to do some of that art posing nudity. Unsolicited. Unsolicited. Mm -hmm. And I would say I enjoyed it because you would, like, they, they primarily would paint fruits, but you'd be sort of in the background a lot of those paintings mm -hmm. wearing your wearing your Bartman t-shirt and no just, bottoms. Yeah, just my Bartman t-shirt, no bottom. Which I, I honestly think gave a lot of that work a lot more depth. Do you think you're an art student? Anybody can paint a bowl of fruit. Try painting a bowl of fruit and then in the background using the right sort of perception, depth, paint a man in a Bartman t-shirt, no pants. Yeah, I 100%. And when I'm, if I'm walking through somebody's house and I look over at a wall and I see a bowl of fruit, I think, okay, fine, somebody <laughs> did a bowl of fruit. But if I see a bowl of fruit and in the distance there is a naked man from the bottom and, and he's wearing a Bartman t-shirt, I'm thinking, okay, now this is art. This is art. Thank you, thank you. I'm curious, just to be clear, the, the FBI agent doesn't know that you are living in his basement, right? Correct, yeah. <laughs> For an FBI agent... He uh, lacks the sleuthing abilities you would hope that one would have. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me off air that uh, sometimes you'll take his socks and he just seems to just 
shrug his shoulders like, I guess I lost some more socks in the laundry machine. Yes. Yeah. He has left the house without socks on a number of occasions. Mutters to himself, that damn washing machine. And then leaves the house, no socks. No, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty wild, honestly, for an FBI agent. If you guys don't know, well, you wouldn't know. The FBI agent, I've heard a little bit of him talking in the background when, when we have like sort of a personal call, and he does sound like a Hank Hill. So be like, that, those damn washing machines took my socks again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, he, he's got a nice Hank Hill attitude. Uh, like Hank Hill, he likes to grill, and he seems to have sort of a distressed relationship with his son. Well, I'm excited to hear about how that plays out. So my, that's why I've been taking the socks in an effort to reconnect him with his son, who I know uh, works for Bonobos, uh, the mail order pants company. They also do socks. So my thinking was, I'll take his socks. He'll begrudgingly go on Bonobos, then realize I probably know somebody with a Bonobos promos. And mm-hmm. he'll reach out to his son for Bonobos promos. And the, they'll start to reconnect. But he just goes, those damn washing machines. And has been going out uh, in just his like leather um, wingtips, I think, or what the FBI agent wears. I mean, I'm very excited to see how this plays out and i think this can easily translate into like a film script or you know a television show script at some point yeah i'm out to the producers of parasite and i'm saying what if we did parasite 2 i'm basing it loosely off of i don't know if you're familiar with the human centipede trilogy but the premise for the sequel the original is a guy who sews a bunch of people's mouths to other people's um, anuses, uh, creating a human centipede. And the sequel is based, the premise is a guy saw that movie and then tries to recreate it. So I'm essentially doing the human centipede two version of Parasite. I think that's incredible. I'm really excited for that. Thank you. I, I like if I was an investor, if I had the money, which unfortunately I don't because obviously my very successful drug business was taken away from me, but I would absolutely fund that. So, well, thank you. And I, in turn, after winning prestigious awards at Cannes and Brian De Palma's, would invest in your drug company or your bowling alley, whatever, whatever toots your horn. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. Where are you with um, all of that? Pretty much all of it's gone. As you know, Billy Spimp took basically all of my money and he just sort of moved into the bowling alley, even though I had won that in a, in a bowling competition fair and square. So I'm back in my apartment. I'm back in the studio, my studio apartment, I mean. And I have been, I don't know, focusing on my happiness, my personal happiness. So I, as I mentioned last week, I've started online dating Listeners will know I asked out uh, Angelica on the air. That's right. And that did not turn out the way I'd hoped. She was very evasive when it came to scheduling. Mm -hmm. And I told her I knew this place with great garlic fries. And she was like, (laughs) with the phone. And I I don't know what that was about. Maybe she had some phlegm or something. Yeah. Um, And and also, she only wanted to meet in the middle of the night. Right. I'm just not that kind of guy. No. Um, And... She insisted that you invite her 
into your place and you're the kind of guy that likes a woman to barge right in. Yeah, I prefer a woman to just stomp on through the door and make this place her own. Tell me you don't like my art. Tell me you don't like the way my bed is laid out. I want to hear it. That's raw. So if I, I might have misheard you uh, either when you were telling me off air or just now, but that pushed you into online dating app development. Is that correct? Or, uh, or just online dating? That is correct. I have, so I was on Hinge and as you know, Billy Spimp uh, posted, he got access to my account and he posted photos of me crying and videos of me peeing my pants and right. you know, a lot of embarrassing stuff. So I pretty much said, I can't go back on that, mm-hmm. obviously. And I also just feel like none of the apps get it right. I think dating's about forming a real connection and real romance. So I have created an app and my own app um, and I have specially formulated the questions to the things I think are important in really. Cause you know, those, every online dating app has like prompt questions. Yes. So a lot of them are like, Oh, Netflix or nightclub. That's no fun. How about, how about this? If your mother and one of your siblings was in a burning building, who would you save? And if so, why? Now I'm getting to know you. I think that's a great one. I, and I looked through some of those preview questions and I thought they were great. How attractive would your uncle have to be for you to kiss him? I think that's a great <laughs> question. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I yeah. Because I, here's the thing: I feel like the way to get to know somebody is to get to know their family. <laughs> right. And so a lot of them family-based questions, uh-huh. like which is your hottest grandmother? <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh? What's your? Do you think your dad would look good with a mustache or not? <laughs> a lot of them are are family experience-based questions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's similar to a MySpace. When you sign up for the app, if a, if a woman signs up for the app, they are automatically connected to me, like Tom on MySpace. You even have a similar fo- uh, profile photo, I think, right? You're kind of in some sort of uh, ambiguous classroom looking over your shoulder a little bit. Yeah, I'm wearing the white shirt. Uh, I look, I don't know, kind of disheveled. Yeah. I definitely could have picked a better photo that everyone would have to look at all the time. but right. But... You know, I see that and I think, oh, Tom was my first friend on MySpace. Clark's going to be my first date on this app. Absolutely. And in the background uh, of that photo is some stuff about the investigation. That's that's my investigation board. Mm-hmm. So people, they immediately know. Because I, I think women want to know if they're meeting a guy, does he have a podcast? And Absolutely. Uh, is it? Is it something I want to listen to? Yeah, and is he committed to justice? Yes. Oh, that's that's a good one. I'm actually going to put that as a question. Um, you have to remember to include a family member. Which of your cousins is most committed to justice or something? Absolutely. That's great. I love that. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> listen, I... I feel like we both have some exciting stuff going on. I'm ready to hop into the, this week's. I can't wait. Can you please introduce yourself and let us know your relation to the case? Uh, hi, yeah. My name is, uh, first of all, let me congratulate you guys on an excellent piece of uh, investigative journalism so far. I've uh, really been enjoying it. Why, yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. Of course, of course. Um, it's been a great listen. Uh, my name is Daniel Ched. I also have a podcast surrounding the Brian Lynn case. Oh. Um... <laughs> 
Okay. So how do you spell your name? Uh, Daniel Chedd. So Daniel spelled traditionally Chedd is C-H-E-D. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not used to coming off uh, my own podcast, um, which I, you know, it's not a competition or anything, but it was, I believe, the original Brian Lind uh, podcast. Um, And you can find that podcast anywhere podcasts are found, Stitcher, Stitcher Premium, fingers crossed, uh, and just the Apple app, of course. Well, I mean, we don't really need to tell people about that yet. And the title of it is Getting Chad in Your Backseat, right? That's the name of your <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting Chad with Chad in the backseat. Um, it's, yeah, that's correct. Um, I thought it was a clever play on words, but uh, not just a play on words, um, but it also you know related back to the case, I'm sure, as you guys already know. Um, why don't you just fill us in, just so that our audience knows everything? Um, you know, uh, we probably know, but our audience may not be aware. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so the title "Getting Shed in the Backseat." Um, first, first of all, the the podcast opens every week. My podcast <laughs> opens with, "Hey, you're getting shed with Chet," <laughs> and. Uh, and from there, we start off with, I start off with my, my top, my first, you guys do segments on this, on your podcast? Uh, uh, we've considered it. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, it, it, we, I found it kind of helped me get in, you know, get into things a little bit. So the first segment, it would always start, uh, uh, I would just go, Brian, Brian, Lynn. And then kind of like you do like a, like a tisk, 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 uh, that kind of thing. Um, and that, of course, spawns from uh, the, uh, the case because uh i don't know if you guys have you guys covered the blackmail um uh yeah but tell us what you know about the blackmail oh i mean so yeah the blackmail um it was one of the more intense parts of the case for me because i have of course my own personal experience with blackmail as well as you know we we do cover in there i was uh fired from my job as a technical writer we don't have to get into why. I don't want to like, you know, get, in, get, into, get into your time. You know, this is, we're talking about the case, of course, but uh, that's what initially uh, drew me to the case because uh, Brian and I were on a Reddit forum together. Um, uh, the boys of blackmail, they call it. The boys of what? The boys of blackmail. Yeah. And you would get on there um, and uh, everyone you know, would kind of post like, hey, this is, uh, my name's Daniel. My name's Daniel Ched. I mean, blackmailed. I logged into pornographic website and recently got an email that said long story short they had a, a video of me masturbating because they hacked my computer did anyone have the same experience and then we just kind of compare side by side experiences about uh why you're getting blackmailed and if maybe there you know there's uh, we can kind of figure out who's trying to blackmail us collectively so that's why i was initially interested in the case i'm looking at the boys of blackmail on reddit right now it seems like there's just two members you and Brian Lynn? Yeah, it's definitely a growing community, uh, is how we would describe it. <laughs> if okay. That's actually our tagline, yeah. Uh, the boys of Blackmail are growing community. Uh, <laughs> applications accepted. Uh, so please, you know, hop on there. Again, I don't want to pitch too hard. <laughs> I know I keep kind of pitching mm-hmm. on your guys' time. But just so in case you are interested, we're keeping track here. That's getting Ched in the backseat <laughs> with, <laughs> with Daniel Ched uh, and uh, the boys of Blackmail on Reddit if you do want to uh, connect with me. <laughs> Well, can I ask you, so you gave us an example of maybe something like a, a type of blackmail. Is that specifically the blackmail that happened to you? Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the, you know, the ins and outs. That's exactly what happened to me. It's, it's a very common way to get blackmailed from what I understand. Uh, it's not how Brian was being blackmailed. At least that's not what he told me. 
Um, the blackmail, of course, that you guys already know about, but I will tell you guys for the listeners, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, just in case it hasn't been covered on here. He was, I think, being blackmailed by, we never figured out who it was, but uh, a United States Postal Service worker. Um, Brian, of course, was a tactical paper mache enthusiast. Um, he sent a lot of paper mache via mail and uh, Tyson's Corner, Virginia, it's a rainy area. Um, and so Brian would get pretty aggressive when it would rain um, and his paper mache <laughs> would be destroyed. You know, he spent a lot of time harassing postal workers. That's that's a fact. That's a verifiable fact. Um, and so I think as some sick, twisted form of, uh, you know, revenge, um, he started being blackmailed by uh, postal service workers. Yes, of course. I remember all of that. Um, the thing that I could never figure out is why why he was ha- harassing postal service workers for it <laughs> raining and ruining his paper mache. From Brian's perspective, and this is something I got into, I got into it not only with Brian personally, but also on my podcast, which again, you can listen to. <laughs> Yes, on Stitcher and Stitcher Premium, <laughs> fingers crossed. We got it. But yeah, this is something that I discussed with him as well because I said, you can't, con- you know, we can't control the rain as people. You know, we're not gods here, Brian. You know, we are just a simple technical writer, former technical writer, and a paper mache enthusiast uh, who happened to, you know, both being blackmailed. And he would say, well, they could be wear a water- waterproof vest. They could be, you know, doing things to take precautions. They could wait in my house. They could, if they wanted to, before they left, I said, you know, because he had stamps.com, of course. Please don't plug your sponsors on <laughs> our podcast. That's just, you know, that's actually not a sponsor. That's just an example of what a sponsor, you know, what the type of sponsorship we could <laughs> get into. But yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, but, you know, he, he said, you, you're welcome to wait in the house. Like, you know, he, he, he was actually... I, again, I'm sure you guys know this, and I'm sorry for your listeners for repeating anything, but he was actually pretty big in certain spheres for uh, selling some of his paper mache weapons. Selling the, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, no, yeah, I, I can tell you just about to say it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. You know that. Like, was it right of Brian uh, to get aggressive with the Postal Service workers? I don't know, you know, they're, they're, I, I'm not here to judge Brian, what I'm here, what I am here to discover what happened to Brian. Of course, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for your listeners, but my podcast is over. The series is up in, in its entirety. Um, so. Oh, you've solved it? Uh, on your <laughs> podcast, you've solved what happened to Brian? You know, I wouldn't say so much solved it, but it does have an ending. Like, there is an ending to okay. it. Um, and, that, I, you know, I, if you want me to just say it, we can just get into it. The podcast does end with me getting a technical writing job and going back to school uh, for, for graduate school to become a better tech. <laughs> That's what I learned throughout this whole process. Oh, Okay. That's interesting because I have, I've been sort of skimming some reviews for your pod while you were speaking and it does feel like maybe some of the audience was unsatisfied with that ending because it is not related to Brian at all. How do you feel about that? Well, I thought it was a little interesting because most of the reviews are from close friends and family members uh, and also my boss and I do good work. (laughs) They, they, for some reason, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could, was able to move out of my mom's boyfriend's basement which that was a, always such a contentious thing throughout the entirety of my podcast, uh, mm-hmm. but is trying to get out of that basement. And I was able to do that, but it turns out people were really interested in the Brian story uh, and they weren't so much there uh, for me and kind of my antics, which, you know, the whole branding of the podcast is, is surrounding me and my antics. We have that segment on my podcast called Red Card, Yellow Card, where we mm-hmm. go over details about the, uh, the case. Um, we talk to investigators and say, hang on a second, if I feel like they made a mistake, I give them a red card or a yellow card. 
we have that time you have two (laughs) segments uh you've covered two segments already one red card yellow card and the other one i think you just go tisk 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 before (laughs) getting into it is that correct those are your two segments yeah yeah it's uh yeah so tisk tisk is brian the the idea behind uh that uh that segment is it's it's a little bit of an introduction and it's a lot of bit of a way to basically say like where was the wrong turn where were the wrong turns here in, in brian's life um, it's kind of like my my version of like Bill Maher's new rules, uh, like saying, like, "Hey, <laughs> maybe Brian, maybe Brian, if you hadn't have done this." Yeah, you seem to be quite good at branding. I will say, I don't know if you thought this was maybe a video podcast, but most of your background is posters for the show, and you're wearing a hat and a shirt for the show. Yeah. And I've had to be very diligent on the boards of cutting out every time you take a large sip of your coffee and go, pow, I shit my pants. Because we, I believe that's copyrighted by Mark Maron and we can't have that uh, on our show. So either I am going to keep cutting it or you could stop saying it. But it is, either way, it's not getting on air and it's creating work for both of us. Okay, yeah, no, that's, I, I totally appreciate that. Um, I, I, I understand, I, I completely get okay. it. You, got, you can't blame me for it. You can't blame me for trying, you know. Uh, but while we're talking about it, do you guys mind if I shed to the bathroom <laughs> real quick and try out my new tushy install? <laughs> Go ahead. We can take a little break. Hey. Yeah. Should we, should we have segments? Is that a thing we should have done? I don't know. At some point? I don't know. I was pretty nervous that... This guy was doing a far better job with the Brian investigation, but it sounds like he didn't get very far at all. Yeah, honestly, I think he's mostly marketing and like very little investigation. We should definitely like see what we can learn from him yeah. in this interview because I don't want to listen to his show. But we uh, also no no toilet paper. <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> I think it's crazy. Okay. He brought his mic with him. <laughs> so did I. I mean, this isn't like a jinx situation where we mic'd him up and he forgot. I saw him grab his microphone, <laughs> unscrew it from his desk, and take it with him into the bathroom. Whoa, that's a powerful stream. Huh. Way more powerful than most bidets I've used. Huh. Oh, I see what he's doing. Got it. Yeah. Right. Well, we should pay attention because I'd like to get a bidet for me and maybe the agent. And I saw him take a segue into the bathroom. And <laughs> so whatever he's doing, we should pick up some pointers. Yeah, we're not marketing people. And I, I'm okay admitting that. So oh, let's just... Boy, after taking that dump, I have a little bit of a chet ache. I really wish I had... <laughs> <laughs> really wish I had something to do that to take care of that. Oh, what's the... <laughs> Thank goodness, my at-home delivery service of prescription medication. Ah. That was clunky as hell. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes after you take a shit, you know what happens. You lose a lot of water and you get headaches. That's why Advil's here to help you not have headaches anymore. Advil, for when your headaches aren't just a headache, it's a chet ache. <laughs> what? <laughs> why would you want to be- why would you want to be associated with headaches? Yeah, I don't understand why he's making his name a negative thing. Uh, and what, what is happening to him when he's on the bathroom that he's losing so much water that he's getting an immediate headache? It sounded like he took a number two from what I heard because he needed to use a bidet. Yeah, I'm like concerned for this elf now. 
Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I, I forgot my I forgot my cans in the can. You know what I mean? I, I meant to bring my headphones with. I, if, oh, you didn't need to do that. That's fine. Fine, it's fine. Fine, no worries. So anyway, yeah, yeah like I said, so we're pretty focused on uh, the case. Yeah. Uh, th- th- thanks for letting me just run to the bathroom real quick. What, what, what did I miss? Anything important? Uh, no, no. Uh, we were discussing our next segment that mm-hmm. we have to get to. It's a regular segment on the show. Mm, nice. Um, mm-hmm. It's called um, uh, Hot or Cold. Um, yeah. Ah. And yeah, Hot or Cold. And we just discuss some of the facts we know about the case. And we say, are these hot facts or are these cold facts? Yeah. So since you know a lot about the case, if you want to just... You know, give us a fact that you learned. Oh, give you guys a fact? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got one. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, I would say, uh, yeah, so uh, one of the things that uh, the leads I followed for uh, quite a while, um, but it didn't, you know, well, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything just in case no one's listened to my podcast and it does have over 30 downloads. But so wait, one of the leads that I, uh, I was following for quite some time was um, a woman that Brian met um, on the, one of the, paper, the tactical paper mache forums. Uh, she lived in Iowa. Um, she lived in Des Moines, uh, just outside of Des Moines, uh, a little town outside of Des Moines. And, uh, Brian went out there to visit her back in September of 2019. What car did he drive? Was it a Toyota Prius? Wait, or... what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on. You're supposed to give us a fact, not turn this into your segment that seems like trivia. <laughs> That's that's right. This segment of my podcast is brought to you by Quiplash. Quiplash, now in the <laughs> Apple App Store. Uh, so that's right, guys. The fact was that it was a Toyota Prius. So is that a hot fact? <laughs> I guess I'm a little confused as to how your <laughs> your segment works. Well, listen, just uh, we'll decide if it's a hot fact or a cold fact. Cool. All right. That's cool. all you have to worry about. <laughs> so, he, yeah, he drove, he drove a Toyota Prius. Um, he stayed there for a week. They rented out a room at the uh, the Lux Way Inn. If you guys know the Lux Way Inn, just outside of Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, <laughs> most of their time was uh, they they spent a lot of time, of course, making tactical paper mache out of pool water. Interesting. I, I have to say, we we do know that Brian was involved with a pool noodle fight club, mm-hmm. and I'm curious if that's related to that. That's that's very interesting. Uh, Owen, is that a hot fact or a cold fact? Uh. <laughs> I'd say that sounds like a cold fact. It is pool related. It is pool related. Right. <laughs> so it would be a cold fact. Man, I love this day. This is a good thing. This is like, Thank this is really you. good stuff, guys. Yeah. Thank you. I wish I got, I wish I had stumbled upon this one. I have to admit, I uh, might've uh, made my various pitch meetings go a little bit smoother, uh, but you know, that's, let's not cry over spilled milk, right? That's right. We're we're in this together, okay? Uh, so you know we're both trying to find justice for Brian, and anything we can do to help each other out, inspire each other, give each other evidence that we found, you know, put in put each other in contact with sponsors that we may have. You know, we're working together on this. So glad you said that because I feel exactly the same way. You know, it's it can be a little competitive, you know, but I mean, there was in the end, there's been more than one story about Chernobyl. There's been more than one Adnan Syed story. So what if Serial was widely famous and downloaded by millions and millions of people in the HBO series a lot of people couldn't get through, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. does that matter in the end? No, the story's out there and Mm -hmm. we still don't know what happened 
to it, not say it, I guess. <laughs> really, there was not a lot of closure in either of those formats, which is why I thought it was a great idea when I ended my uh, podcast uh, to just kind of wrap things up and that nice, neat little bow of me going back to make $65,000 a year, um, living in Alexandria, Virginia in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, it's kind of like at the end of my podcast, it actually zooms out. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, over it, it's kind of, uh, it plays, all oh, things just keep getting better. Who's that for? Isn't this an audio podcast? And do you say it zooms out? You say we zoom out and then you start singing that? Is that how that worked exactly? Yeah, I said it zoomed out and then I actually did overlay uh, that, uh, yeah, that, that song. Um, that's something okay. that you can do. You guys want to get an audio engineer <laughs> real quick? Do we what? Talk shop, you know, I don't know. It's like talk shop about, you want to talk about some audio engineering things. Cause that was something, one thing I found really good luck with is like, you know, when I would t- talk about gunshots, which was almost never because there's only one instance mm-hmm. of gunshots, of course, in this case, mm-hmm. um, which of course you guys know about, I'm sure it's been covered. Sure. Mm-hmm. But for the audience, you should definitely say it. Um, yeah, the gunshots that man was hearing, he had his ears covered as he passed a gun range. Um, and so yeah. <laughs> He was driving past. It was actually on the way out to Des Moines. He was uh, that Midwest. Yeah, he made quite a few trips out to the Midwest to see this girlfriend. He passed this gun range along the way, and he was almost in multiple car accidents because he hated. He, big fan of weapons, obviously, with the tactical paper mache, but not such a big fan of uh, you know ballistic weapons. He really didn't you know like the idea of ballistic weapons. So he would drive past this place. Um, and you know, luckily he found this, uh, this semi truck driver who would uh, pull over the truck and he would drive in the quarter mile past the, uh, past the, um, gun range. And, uh, so Brian could kind of close his eyes and cover his ears as he walked past this gun range. Now this gun, this, uh, this truck driver then walked back to his truck and escort Brian all the way to the girlfriend's place where they would, of course, make, uh, you know, various things out of paper mache. You've got your nunchucks, you've got your ninja stars. Uh, and of course, um, there was a little bit of a darker period when, you know, they, they got into, uh, they were selling the coffee company, Illy, uh, they were selling them coffee cups. And, uh, I do think that's what, uh, in the end where the USPS really comes back into it. And also part of the reason he had the Italians uh, mafia after him. It was, it was, uh, that was scary times. Uh, sorry, that's just the most real part uh, that I kind of get into. So that's kind of what I pitched when I went into HeadGum. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I was kind of in HeadGum and they felt like it kind of trailed off at the end. And they, you know, they said they call me. I called them back. HeadGum was like, no, uh, I showed up at the Earwolf Christmas party. And they also said, that's going to be a hard no from us. Please leave. You were not invited to this. Did the same thing with iHeartRadio. Uh, iHeartRadio actually showed up at uh, the head of iHeartRadio's house. Um, well, listen, Daniel, can I ask, what is it about this story that connected you to it? I guess the thing about the, the brotherhood of the boys of blackmail, you know, what really drew me towards Brian is not just the fact that he is the only other member uh, of the boys of blackmail. It's just the fact that it's a specific type of uh, trauma that is inflicted on you when you're uh, when you're being uh, blackmailed. And I've thought about disappearing. You know, it's the type of thing that I could kind of understand. You know, and just like just kind of like going off grid and hoping that they can't find you anymore. But 
that's the thing about the U.S. Postal Service is they always find you again. But they kind of let me down in that capacity because they haven't found them. It doesn't. It sounds like you guys might have had somewhat of a budding friendship. I'm sorry that you lost him. Uh, I do say it does feel like if you'd sort of pitched it more from that angle of like a close personal friend and less like, um, I mean, you, you keep holding up different, different like mouse pads and, and like to go mugs and they're like photoshopped photos of you with your arm around Brian and stuff like that, which kind of makes it feel like a buddy cop comedy almost. Mm -hmm. I think that makes it a little less personal, I suppose, a little less, you know, emotional connection to it and, and i mm-hmm. think that could have been a, a good way to go with it i guess i just thought you know chet and lind had a little bit of a starsky and hutch vibe to it but you're right yeah i guess i guess it could have been more personal but I, I i'm sorry i just got really distracted you spend budding friendships and i do have to go water my chia pets <laughs> do you guys mind if i go do that real quick sure that's sure. fine yeah um, grab my mic here yeah oh. i does he like is this an ad for Chia Pets or what is this? I think so. The, you mean the whole thing or this what we're about to witness? Ah, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if the whole thing was some like long form ad for Chia Pets. Yeah, I'll be honest. The amount of evidence he's produced has not gotten me any closer to understanding what's happened to Brian. And yet no. he, he seems to be turning. I mean, he is polishing turds into gold and i don't know how he's doing it yes honestly every single major a podcast studio turned him down and yet he's still got all these ads he's still got all this merch going he, he's doing an incredible job and i i don't obviously don't want to say that to him oh no my watering can ran out of water <laughs> how am i gonna finish watering on these chia pets Oh, it's not even for Chia Pets. Wait a minute. <laughs> for water? My Tushy Bidet, of course. Oh, thank God I had this what? Tushy Bidet because all my what sinks are broken. Okay. <laughs> There's no way they want you spraying your plants with this water. <laughs> oh, shoot. But a bidet, they don't have a directional, uh, a directional filter that I could possibly fill something up with, do they? Wait a minute. Tushy Bidets? Directional filters for buttholes in all places. <laughs> wow! And also, you can fill <laughs> you can fill your water with it. Jeez! Wow! Filling all this water sure has made me thirsty. What uh, the hell? Oh God! <laughs> he drinks. I'm gonna lose it. Uh, good thing I had this my paper mache mug that says Chet and Lind on it. Better fill her up. Is he sponsoring himself? I'm not clear. I'm not clear if this is a bidet ad or if it's an ad for him. Paper mache mugs for when you just need to take some water to the chat. Why is it? And, and it feels like now it's just, it's just head. Yeah. Like I thought he was going to do more with it, but it's just head. It's just head. Oh, hey, sorry guys. No, it's fine. You're totally fine. Listen, uh, Daniel, uh, or I guess, would you prefer Chad? Is that kind of more on brand for you would you prefer we called you chad uh yeah if you don't mind yeah uh i, I know i introduced myself as daniel chad um but yes uh, for the purposes of branding and also so that when my uh recreational softball league listen to this with me and my former frat brothers mm-hmm. they'll know who you're talking about mm-hmm. um well let me ask you what do you think happened to brian 
It's a big question. Um, and it is a question we, again, dived into for over 600 episodes on to 600? 600 episodes. 600 episodes of uh, getting shed in the backseat. <laughs> Side note, <laughs> I don't think that's evocative <laughs> of what you were trying to do with this podcast. Yeah. Look, I, I, look, I, I have six podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're all various, various terms of uh, getting shed in the backseat. Um, one of them's getting shed on a roller coaster. One of them's getting shed on a yacht. <laughs> one of them's getting shed in your parents' bedroom. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and they all cover not any of those things. One of them is about making succulent gardens so that you can ship them on <laughs> Etsy, which yeah. is, of course, <laughs> that one is, of course, getting shed on a yacht. Uh, <laughs> but... What do I think happened to Brian? Um, yes. What I think happened to Brian is something very hard and very sad. And it's difficult to accept. You know, you look at a guy like Brian, he's someone you knew better than almost anyone in the world because you guys went through something together, like being blackmailed. But also, you know, you hardly knew him at all. He never came over to your apartment. He never wrote you a letter. He sent you a couple, you know, tactical paper mache things. But you guys never went on a trip together. He never used your tushy bidet in your bathroom. I guess when it comes down to it, what happened to Brian, maybe it's not that important because I got <laughs> I got this job at Electrolux. They make ovens. And if I can... Ted, can I stop you? I'm going to stop you right there because I know where this is headed, okay? You did 600 episodes of a podcast about a man who disappeared, who you knew, and your takeaway was that it's not that important to find out what happened to him. And then you were about to break into an ad for the new company you work for? Which is doing technical writing, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, 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 like, what, yeah I, I, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, it's still very important what happened to Brian. But in the end, come on, we all know these podcasts. They're a cash grab, baby. These spots, they go for up to $6,000 a spot. Tushy paid me 12000 alone to be on his podcast today, okay? So what? <laughs> yes. Why would they paid the guest but not the host? <laughs> <laughs> they told me to feel the situation out. Look, I, for me, they're going to, you're going to get rave reviews. Honestly, I think you guys were great. And there's a lot of potential. Your segment, which was clearly very well thought out, hot fat, cold fat is exactly the type of stuff they're looking for. Okay. So I, I think it's great. What actually probably happened to Brian to be perfectly honest, he's probably chopped up. Wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, thank you for being honest about what you think about him. What do you think happened to him? That's pretty, it's brave. Statistically speaking, I mean, he's probably chopped up, man. And I didn't even get a chance to find, he never even sent me his leads for who might join the boys of, <laughs> the boys of being blackmailed. So he had this long list of leads and leads and leads about all these people who have been blackmailed. I don't know why he never reached out to them. Probably because getting blackmailed community is a very paranoid community in general. So I, assume that that's why he didn't reach out to them is that he didn't want to scare anybody off or anything like that but no well, i guess we'll keep looking into it we do have a lot of his paperwork and a lot of the stuff from his home i don't know i guess that's kind of it we'll, we'll we'll keep following up on these leads and hopefully we can come to a conclusion because 
I'm going to be honest, I don't see us, you know, ending this with a technical writing thing. I, I, I job, you know, I, I see us ending it with us solving this. Yeah, uh, we're not going to take any shortcuts and end it after 600 episodes. Clark and I agreed uh, 2000 or bust. Yep. We are 2000 or we're not, we're not ending it. I don't care. Yeah. And that's not including minisodes. Yeah. Those are, those are like 103.5, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or 92.5, you know, whatever it is. Those won't count. Those won't count. All right, Daniel, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Any thoughts, any, any feelings right now? I mean, the only thing I would like to leave you guys with is if you're tired of toilet paper scratching up that little booty of yours, you're on the road a lot. Tushy isn't just for people who are installed in their homes and 24 seven and work from home. Tushy's for people who are on the run too. Take Tushy Bidet with you with our brand new water bottle, Tushy Bidet water bottle. It squeezes up, <laughs> it squeezes up in there and it can cool you off. He's drinking from it. <laughs> oh God. Is that what he's drinking from this whole time? <laughs> yeah. This isn't even like a product. This is just a water bottle. Yeah, I guess conceptually I never considered, yeah, you probably could make a bidet out of a water bottle, but like to what end? I don't know. Listen, Daniel, we're going to have to let you go, buddy. Yeah. If you have any more actual facts about the case, please quench that thirst. (laughs) Ugh. What? Ew. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at Deception Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle.